0: What's up, disc golfers? Joe here with Joe's Disc Golf, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Well, actually, happy Black Friday to you, because guess what? I'm recording this the day before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve, if you will, and unfortunately it does not come out until Black Friday. So, hopefully, you're listening to this while avoiding the stampedes of Black Friday, because Good Lord, there are some good deals, because yours truly is looking to upgrade the home theater system and get a larger OLED TV. OLEDs are so expensive, but they're so beautiful. They're so worth it. And to help pay for that, we have to thank our sponsor, Log. What rolls downstairs? A loner in pairs rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack and it fits on your back? It's Log, Log, Log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's better than bad. It's good. Everyone wants a log. You're going to love it, log. Come on and get your log. Log from Blamo. Those of you who are interested in sponsoring the Joe's Disc Golf Podcast can contact me at joe at joesdiscgolf.com. There we go. Shameless plug out of the way. Ah, we got plenty to talk about today. Listen to a few interviews, really just one interview, and that was the Paul Macbeth interview on the Disc Golf Guy podcast and... or Smashbox, sorry. Get them all mixed up. There's so many, so many to choose from. Um, the Disc Golf Guy on Smashbox. Some would call him Terry Miller or Terry McGuire, if you listen to that. Interviewed Paul Macbeth. It was just kind of a... It was, it was a decent interview, I guess. It was kind of a, a fluff piece, essentially. One thing that I thought was interesting that happened talking about Paul Macbeth was he kind of laid out that during the 2022 season he did lose a bit of his drive. He said um, at one point, like now he's playing A tiers locally where he lives in the Jacksonville area and in Florida, saying that you know he just he goes out there, he plays a couple A tiers, has a bunch of fun, goes out competes and just has a grand old time. Where it felt like on tour it was just like. Same course, here we go again, another day, same course, here we go, another day, kind of loses his focus, manages to regain his focus whenever there's a major online, but for a regular Elite Series, he's just kind of like, yeah, you know, day one, do all right, day two, man. Yeah, day three, totally crush it because I have no worries whatsoever. He didn't say those things, but it's, I mean, anybody who watched the season, round one was usually good. Round two was like, what the hell? Have you seen disc golf before? You're Paul Macbeth. Like, what the hell? Like, I get it. You're not going to win everything, especially with the level of competition right now in MPO. But, like, what are you doing? And then he comes out and usually shoots some kind of crazy course record, shoots the hot round, shoots some crazy 1070 rated round. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? What is going on? Anyway. So we talked a little bit about that. He is... And this seems to be a common theme. Listening to Brody talk about it, listening to Paul talk about it, listening to a handful of other pros, this offseason they're taking their fitness to, they're they're taking it seriously, which is what you need to do. And hey, if you want to take your disc golf fitness seriously, check out discgolfhealthy.com. Link in the description below or just type in discgolfhealthy.com. Either or, you know, whichever. You could Get a few extra calories, like a calorie burned, maybe not even a calorie burned, a little c calorie, not big c calorie burned, uh, just by typing out discgolfhealthy.com. Right now, we have some shoulder exercises, working on a stretching routine, which is something that I've been kind of refining over the last couple of days that I've been doing myself. It's the goal is to do to the for this stretching regiment essentially to be. Two or three levels of difficulty, I can't quite decide. It'll probably be three levels. It'll probably be a very basic, easy, you know, for those of you who can't do certain movements at all because of restrictions from your doctor or anything like that. Or, you know, it could be you're trying to get back into shape and you just physically can't do them yet, but you'll work up to it. So they'll be like uh, beginner, intermediate, and kind of advanced. Some of the exercises, there's basically just two levels because that's all you can do, like, without getting into, say, a partner stretch type situation. And I'm assuming that all of you will want to be doing these exercises by yourself. That's something you can always do because you're always with you. You and Rosie Palm are always together. And between the two of you, you can get a lot of hard work accomplished. Anyway, we'll get moving on. Look for that in the next couple weeks here. Look for a balance series because if you really think about it, balance is huge when it comes to disc golf. Because when you throw, you're always throwing. You know, you get that plant foot down, you whatever you want to say, you pivot on it, you brace on it, you squash the bug, you twirly bird, whatever you do, whatever you want to call it. You get that down, you're balancing on that one leg. When you're walking, you're balancing. It's not as much as running. But then when you're doing your X step, you got your footwork going in, you're, you're balancing a lot. You're trying to stretch out to make that throw from a scramble position. Balance comes into effect a lot. So working on a balance set of exercises here that you can do, uh, slowly building it out, it's going to take time. I, I apologize for that. It's going to take time. It's a one-man show here, but I'm doing the best I can. And um, yeah, those are kind of the updates there on the Joe's Disc Golf website side of things. We've got some updates there as well. We've got some new merch up there. Uh, It has not come in yet, but it looks fantastic. It's the same quality stuff that you are used to getting as it is. Uh, Gildan, we've got some Adidas t-shirts. We've got a Columbia vest. We've got Champion Windbreaker slash Raincoat. All very good stuff there. Uh, I did have the option, and this always blows my mind. And somebody out there who might know more than me, please let me know in the description or in the comments below, whether you're listening on YouTube or you can tweet at me, Instagram, DM me, at Joe's Disc Golf. Send me an email, joe at joesdiscgolf.com. You can get a hold of me somehow. Leave a comment in the YouTube comments below and uh, let me know because on Raincoats and anything waterproof in general. Why? Why, 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 why do you embroider things? Why? Hang on, we've got this nice raincoat. Let's poke a million little holes in it so that right here on the chest size logo, you get wet. Or hey, let's put something on the full back and get your whole back wet. And like, seriously, why, why, why? I don't understand. I do not understand at all. So there is silk screening. And um, it might not hold up quite as well, but you won't get wet. And I'm just going to say that. Huh. That mini rant over. Sorry, guys. I just there's uh, We've got Half in the Bag merch. We've got Joe's Disc Golf merch. We've got the Stupid Tree logo here. Let's get that up on stream here. Check that out. Stupid tree. So next time you're out there, you can get your stupid tree t-shirt. You could get your stupid tree uh, sweatshirt. There are stupid tree mugs. There are half in the bag disc golf mugs, coffee mugs. Um, Wine tumblers is what they call them for some reason. They're 12 ounce insulated tumblers listed as wine tumblers, but whatever you can put, whatever you want in them, hot beverage, cold beverage alcoholic beverage, non-alcoholic beverage. The choices are limitless. You can get one that has stupid tree on it. You could get one that has disc golf drunk on it. It's a basket and it says disc golf drunk all on it. You can get that on a coffee. i like, there's plenty of stuff to choose from. We have Christmas ornaments as well in the shape of a Christmas tree, a stocking, a star, heart, horseshoes, clovers, and blue moons, pots of golden rainbows and me red balloons. Those are Lucky Charms. We've got stuff there. We've got a bunch of different sweatshirt op- options, T-shirts. We've got an Adidas polo shirt that is really slick. A whole bunch of fun stuff. So enough with the advertisement, I guess. As you could tell, it has been kind of a slow week here in disc golf. So those are the updates for the Disc Golf Healthy and Golf.com With more updates coming, more stuff coming. You can also, if you're listening here now... You can use promo code BLACKFRIDAY22 to take 10% off of your order. That's right. And that promo code is live through the end of Cyber Monday, which Cyber Monday is November 28th, 2022, and it ends at 1159 p.m. So go ahead, get your Joe's Disc Golf merch. Get it now. It's awesome. It's all print on demand. So it might not ship as fast as you want because print on demand is awesome. It is great for content creators like myself who can't and who want to offer a wide range of merch and can't afford slash have no place to store, you know, 10 different styles of T-shirts, 10 different colors, eight different sizes with the design on it. And that's just one. And then you've got sweatshirts and you've got you know, shoes and all that stuff. So this is all print on demand. It's also eco-friendly because nothing sits around. Nothing takes up space. It's great. You get it. It takes them a week to 10 days, sometimes faster. It depends. This time of year, I'd say it probably holds pretty true to that week to 10 days. It gets printed and then it gets shipped to you as fast as you are willing to pay for shipping. So that final part is on you. So take 10% off Black Friday 22. Moving on, we've got our talk of the town. The one major thing that has happened in disc golf recently, and that was a tweet by one Drew Gibson who said, shout out to all those course designers who use elevated baskets. Basically, he was ripping on course designers who use elevated baskets and say that they are lazy. Now, sometimes yes, Sometimes, no. He did bring up a valid point that he decided not to really pursue all that much, which is the PDGA approves baskets at a certain height. They have to be X amount of centimeters off the ground. That's how they're approved. That's great. But then you can put them up six feet in the air. Or you can kind of sink them down lower where maybe you're putting. I've been to a couple of courses where they didn't dig a hole but it's kind of at the bottom of a hill and, you know, you're putting downhill and all that, or you're putting from, forget that you're putting from the side of a hill and you're putting uphill and it's still flat and it would still technically meet those regulations. So as it was brought up by a couple different people and, but not uh, kind of drew Gibson, he just, he didn't, he made a good point without making the point and without harping on the point. And without even realizing it, I think, to be completely honest, but why is it that the PDGA approves them at those heights, but then doesn't regulate how high off the ground relative to the ground the the baskets could be? Like there's one by my home course that definitely fell within those regulations, but because the park that is, is in is designed to flood, so the city doesn't flood, you know, the park floods, whoop de doo Whatever. There's baskets in there. They're all stainless steel. They're powder coated. They're fine. They're whatever. But as a result, over the years, the floods come in, bring some sediment in. It settles out. The waters recede. Floods comes out. As it is right now, the basket sits probably six inches off the ground, if that. That is not how it was back when the the course was installed. We actually have to, every now and then, dig out a couple of the T-pads, and it's kind of fun because it looks like they're sunk about 18 inches to 2 feet into the ground. And that I can guarantee that's not how that course was built. Those Those were flat, but hey, it is what it is. Anyway, so why is it that we can raise the baskets up but not have any issues with that but not like the pdga doesn't regulate that doesn't do anything with that i find that now that it's kind of been brought to my attention that's that's rather interesting like they're like yes discs have to be this shape this size this flexibility at the very minimum and baskets have to have an opening this big they have to be this high off the ground they have to have these sets of things to be considered a championship level and these things and these things and these things. And they regulate the crap out of it and the, the diameters and all that. And I get that. Because otherwise you'll get some Yahoo out there going, all right, this this basket is only half the width of a disc. Go. What the hell? You know that would happen. You know there'd be some moron out there that would do that. You know? But I digress. So I, I understand... Like, to a certain extent I kind of see the point that he inadvertently made of like why is this not regulated why is why is that regulated and why is it not the height regulated to be clear I don't want that I think elevated baskets can be used correctly in certain situations where yeah you make it to the green and then the green is pretty darn easy there's There's a great hole in the Fort Wayne area at Shove Park, hole number nine. (sighs) I never aced it before they raised it, and I was so close so many times. It's a hole that's like 250 feet, little chip forehand shot. Got it in the bag all day, never got it. Eventually, they elevated it, and I got it. But because they elevated it like uh, three or four feet off the ground, it made it from basically a gimme shot to, okay, if I miss it, you know, that 20-footer to like, Five foot high basket that's actually that's making me think a little bit you know I'm an amateur but even to a certain extent the pros are because one side is a little slanted and you can be putting up hills so that can be that can make things harder you can be putting level with it because there is a slight hill a little further away but to be about even where it would be a normal height basket you're looking at like a 60 footer to then a downhill slope away. So it's like, is that really better? I don't think so. But hey, it's an interesting idea. It's one way to make it harder in areas where it might not ne- necessarily be harder. Or another example would be, you've got a great hole. It's a difficult shot. It's, it's one of those perfect disc golf holes where you need to execute a shot. You need to enter the green from the correct side. But then once you're in the green, it's pretty easy. Where if you raise the basket, you know, another two feet or so, three feet, it gives you something you have to think about. Where if you miss this, your comeback is going to be a lot farther than if you miss a normal one, like a normal height basket. That's something you have to think about, and it's not a stock shot. And I get what he's saying, like, the baskets aren't designed to catch from there, from below, but they're also not designed to catch from kind of above. And who's to stop anyone from just building it on a hill? I mean, I've putted, you know, it was a six foot putt that ended up being like, it felt like it was 12 feet away because it was, I was six feet away, but I was also six feet high because this slope of this hill was insane. I hated that course so much. I hated that course, not because of that, but because there are several holes that it just, it's not that I wasn't hitting lines. There were holes there that had no lines where you just kind of chucked it through the trees and hoped and prayed. And it wasn't that I didn't execute. I will fully admit, like I have gone to courses Delwood park clash at the canyons. Great disc golf course, great venue. There are times where I have, there, there are a couple holes there where I saw the line and I just didn't execute that's on me. But the line was there. It was very obvious Versus this, where I'm just looking and I'm like, there's a crap load of trees here. There's a gap there, but then I have to have it on such a crazy Anheuser line to make it through the next gap, but then it immediately has to flip over to Heiser. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, it was just not a good design. So, in a roundabout way, I'm saying that you can have some good designs for holes that involve elevated baskets, and they can be incorporated well. Some of them aren't. Some of them, they're poor execution. But you could say that about pretty much any disc golf hole in general. There are some great examples of wooded holes, and then there are others that are just like, what the hell were you doing? Uh, But enough of that. It was definitely a good time today. It was gorgeous outside. It was like 55 degrees. It was awesome. So that means I got out and I threw. I picked up a few discs recently and one that I've had for a little while that I've been trying to get used to, the Royal Trust flies very similar. Numbers wise, it's identical to an Emac Truth, but it's not quite there. This one is a little more stable and I don't know if that's because the Emac Truths I have are lighter weight. This is 180 grams. The one I have is 175 and another one is 119. 65, I think. It's a little bit lighter, so it's a little less stable. I don't know if the 5 grams makes a huge difference. The 15 grams would make a decent difference. But this is also new, and those Emac truths have been in my bag for years. So there's that. Good disc, um, but that's not what I was totally going to focus on. I did pick up a couple of new discs. Well, one of them is new-ish. Two of them are new-ish. The first one is technically in the eyes of the PDGA, a brand new disc. That is the Supreme Escape, and it is gorgeous. I mean, look at that, look at that stamp, that is awesome. The first run, it looks so good, and it throws so good. I was just ripping on it, and there was a bit of a headwind, so it did make things a little difficult. The Escape is kind of understable, just kind of how it is, but I was messing around with the new grip. I think it was the Bone Apple tea. I'm joking, a pay grip. Basically, instead of your normal power grip, you take basically a grenade grip. And you kind of hook your index finger on the top, wrap it around your thumb. You can do it the other way around where your thumb is kind of over. I did it. It was more comfortable for me. Basically, it's one way to keep nose angle as you're throwing. Keep it down because I've had some issues with nose angle and I would throw I threw the escape several times and I was just like, all right, you know, I'm getting it like 270 and I was like, I know I got more than that. I know I haven't been throwing that much and there was a lot of timing issues with my form, but I know I got more than that. I switch it up to this grip that I saw that somebody was talking about on Reddit and nose was down the entire time oh it was so beautiful I went I threw it like 330 feet like I instantly added like 60 feet to what I was doing now back when I was throwing every single day and playing every single day I, yeah I, I'd be able to do it but it was kind of a nice cheat code in order to get my angle to get it flat because I have had some issues with that where this like <laughs> I had no choice I threw it flat it was a good disc. It was a good time. Uh, the Supreme plastic. If you have felt the Royal plastic, the grand plastic, it's the same. It's the same thing. So there you go. Another new ish disc, but not new in the eyes of the PDGA is the criminal. They have brought the criminal back. It went out of production for quite a while. The criminal was like my favorite disc of all time. It was, I threw it constantly when it went out of production, I cried like a little baby. You can ask a couple of my friends. You could ask RJ from Half in the Bag or Ben, formerly of Half in the Bag. He is fully in the bag, though. You can ask either of those guys. And I threw my old criminal. I had a Biofusion criminal that I threw constantly. I love that thing. But then it went out of production, so I had to switch. And I switched to the Felon, which is the criminal, but a 9-speed instead of a 10-speed. So I got to throw in it today. And it is far more stable than I remember. Now, I know I've been kind of leaning on the, the Ricky Orbit felons, but this was crazy stable. So I did not have my regular Criminal with me, one of my ones that I got after they went out of production. Uh, I want to compare them. Like, it has some wear on this, but it's not too bad. I haven't thrown it too much. But this, is, this Lucid Ice plastic is pretty pretty stable and good news is these are both what is that 174 and 175 one gram not a big deal can't wait to throw these back to back to see what they both look like and i mean the felon i'll throw the felon too as a comparison not this one not my special sake bomb umbrella gate felon but that was good and the last one i had a chance to throw was the rask by Casta plast It was, uh, I only got one, otherwise I could have got two uh, Rasks, Tuca Rasks. Ha, 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 for all you hockey fans that listen here. 176 grams. Um, What's interesting about this is it's got this little inner rim here. So it's like a finger width, and it fits perfect. Like, my hand fits, it doesn't come in contact with it. It actually feels really good when I have my forehand power grip on it, because one finger fits right in the little track in there in between the two rims, I guess you'd call them, and the other one kind of rests on top, and it felt great. Sweet bejesus, this thing is stable. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, Turns out it flies like my Lucid X Chameleon stiletto, so now that I know, because the stilettos don't get produced all that often, and I know I now have a suitable replacement from Castoplast, and that is the Rask. So look for videos eventually coming out on those. It'll take me some time. I need another good day. Today, I wasn't expecting it to be such nice weather, so I did not have any of my camera equipment with me to be able to film it. But say, Lovey, Lovey. Lots to talk about, lots to talk about here. But I want to thank you all for listening to this. Episode. I want to thank you all for listening to me and supporting the channel through your subscriptions on YouTube, through your listens on wherever you get your podcast. because we're on Anchor's my main hosting setup, but I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple, I'm on Amazon, wherever you find any of the major places where you find your podcasts, you can bet we're there. That's the Joe's Disc Golf way. We're everywhere. So it was pretty awesome. And I I just want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity. Like, I'm so excited that you guys watch the videos and listen to the podcast. And it just it makes me excited. It makes me happy. It makes me happy that I'm doing this. Like, I love doing this. I know I'm not good at video editing. A lot of you remind me of that every time I try to do something. I get it. But I like doing it. It's a lot of fun. I like messing around with videos. I've done it since I was in like seventh or eighth grade. And uh, let me tell you, things have gotten so much easier now than recording on a camcorder with uh, tape in it. And then because of the way that I had to do this back in the early 2000s, I had to play the video so the computer could record it from there. It wouldn't just upload. And then I could edit it. So that was a multi-hour process. And I'm working with like an old Intel Pentium three processor, no graphics card, no acceleration, no nothing. And now, you know, working with a Ryzen seven, uh, 5,800 X and a 3070 TI. And it's awesome. And I just love doing this stuff and it's a lot of fun. I locked, I love playing disc golf. I love, you know, talking about disc golf. I love keeping up with all this stuff. You know, and I, I love that you guys are there, and I'm so thankful that you guys are there. So, thank you all. Um, I'm always looking to try to get better at this. And if you have any suggestions or anything that you think I could do better, or anything that um, you want to suggest for segments or things I should look into or whatever, please feel free. Drop a line jochosdiscgolf.com. Let me know in the comments below. Twitter, Instagram, all that fun jazz. It's all there. But that's about it for the show today. So again, thank you all. I appreciate all of you guys and gals who watch and listen. Thank you all. And remember, if you get a good tree kick to think treeses. and if you get kicked deeper into the woods, you need to repent and reflect because you have transgressed against Treesus. Thank you all for watching. As always, I've been Joe, you've been awesome, and I can't wait to see you all in the next video.